Dear listeners, to episode thirty-one of the Empty Rooms of Gorsky Manor. Cobwebs, brooms, and knocks in the night of the manor are waiting for us to notice them. The puppet named Vic has been swept away to the North Star by a great eagle. This puppet no longer welcomed within the manor, welcoming yet stern with the inhabitants. Others offered, or shall we say, strongly guided Vic as he struggles on his path to return. As he faded away, Vic had called to his puppet clan one last attempt at trickery or forgiveness. Sadly, none heard his plea. Time alone will tell the tale. The puppets dispersed to seek out the something that should not be within the manor. Sounds of their movements now heard by the gentle tingle of the bells. The manor gate offered insight for the puppet search. One young and foolish, who had never grown up, lost and ignored, may be found within the nursery. I returned to my companions, who awaited me at the attic archway. My return path traveled with ease this time. No teasing or false turns from those that live there. Feathers, Simon, and Tuck all gasped with amazement as they saw me, all eyes upon the hat I now proudly wore with pride upon my head. I felt so much better knowing Harry had not abandoned me. I will see him again, I knew in my heart of hearts. Tuck immediately jumped to my left arm, feathers to my right shoulder, and Simon right into my open arms, my trio of protectors. I heard from the knowing. That sounded very comforting and cozy, versus being their means of transportation. Where to, mistress? Simon asked, getting comfortable in the crook of my elbow. To the nursery. I've been told it is here upon this floor. Oh, toys of fun. Simon began, eagerness and excitement in his voice. Bigs of bubbles, tins of cheer, hidden trinkets waiting there. He sang so happily. Didn't I tell you his singing was, well, unique? I know one, I do. Tuck chimed in, ringing his bells in time with his little rhyme. What has two eyes, each so blue, curls of black, and pink nose too? If you guess right, know you do, then one wish will come to you. You guys are so sweet. I said with happy endearment, enjoying this light-hearted time with them. So, 
What is the answer to your riddle, Tuck? Oh, no, no, no. I cannot tell. Tuck began seriously. The rhyme holds magics within. You must answer on your own. Then feathers shared. Caw, rhyming magics, caw. Nursery tales, some of the most powerful. Caw, magics of the innocents. Caw, caw. As we have seen over and over, the manor does hold all the magics within. I thought back to Harry's closet of magic jars, a place I feel would be a lovely spot to retire to. I can see me there beside his blazing, cozy fire, exploring jar after magic jar. A pang of regret made my eyes swell with tears. Will I ever see that place again? Feathers, I began softly, what rhyme do you hold within? Caw, mistress, she sighed deeply, a catch in her throat, holding back tears, perhaps. I am sorry if this brings forth sadness from you. These fellows' antics felt so jolly. She looked at me with a curious stare. Her eyes always show so much behind them, so much that she is not willing to share yet. Then she shared with a clearing of her throat and began. <clears throat> Feathers black upon the wind cross the path of bones so thin, falling Drifting one white crow Down to earth the wind did blow On the stones alone she lay Head on pillows made of grey Sunlight, moonlight cast their gaze Where this lone white crow now stays Nevermore is she to fly across the endless milky sky? One white stone upon her chest, one white stone of dreams, her quest. From her nest of sage and feather, safe within branches of heather, nevermore to hear her songs. Nevermore to sky she long. Feathers, that is so beautiful, yet melancholy. Do you know of this crow? Caw, my mother. Gone is she. Caw. I too knew the loss of one's mother. We all do a milestone on our path of life. There are no words that can really help the deep loss. I stroked her beautiful white feathers and noticed there to the side on her chest was one black feather. 
Feather saw me see it and blinked her eyes in acknowledgement. A lovely connection to her mother that she carries always. The one black feather. We walked in silence for a time, taking different halls, looking in many rooms. The manor is so immense. I thought to Tuck's riddle rhyme. What might it be? Something black and furry. Tuck, is your riddle up? Stop, mistress. Thee only has one try. Any more, and I wish will not be granted. Oh, thank you. I will consider my answer further. I said, accepting his promise of a wish easily, for I know it can come true here in the manor. We soon came upon a very interesting large wooden door, larger in width than in height. I can't say I have ever seen one like it ever before. I reached for the doorknob, then stopped as it was made of a hare's face of blue, two long floppy ears to either side. Rabbit, I hissed with remembrance. He's been in the manor for a much longer time than one would have suspected. Rabbit. Rabbit. My companions all agreed, knowingly, a very tricksy fellow. I opened the door, and to my surprise, it didn't squeak. I think this is the first door that has not. It opened outward, and we were all eager to see inside. What stretched before us was a child's ultimate dream. Magical playthings everywhere. Faded bright colors upon the walls, stars and clouds on the ceiling. Three tall arch windows at the end, with four alcoves on each side, each containing a child's rod iron bed with a pretty sign upon it. But no names were there to be seen. A large oak tree held one corner with a lovely carved sign that said, The Wood. Twisted branches, heavy with leaves of all the colors of the seasons, and pods of acorns hung everywhere that began to jingle like bells. An archway to the left led to another room. I'm sure it was for the nanny. Pretty woven large carpets lay this way and that, and shelves and shelves and chests were scattered everywhere, filled with every kind of imaginable toy and unimaginable ones that I have never seen. I felt the strong urge to play. A long table with five tall chairs were in the middle of this room holding many candles waiting upon it, and several bookshelves caught my eye with brightly colored books and woven baskets stuffed to the brim with soft toys, all seeming to peek out at us. 
But the biggest shock, the surprise, the room was all clean. We each headed in our own direction to explore. I touched this and that, yet no dust was anywhere to be seen. Even Tuck let go of my arm as this place was so enticing. Everything I touched was free of dust. How can this be? Did Wilf come up here and do all this cleaning? It didn't seem a thing he would do. I pulled back the curtains on the center window and almost fell down, for there, peeking close in at us, was the man in the moon. said, his round, jolly face laughing down at the shocked, jaw-dropping faces we presented. He was right there, almost against the window, his big, round nose pressing against it, his breath fogging the glass, and a beautiful mustache of blue floating slowly in time with his laughing. <laughs> so nice of you. Oh, peekaboo, these curtains closed since who knows who. Dear madam, tell, 
These babes be yours. The nursery silent now does wake to live again. Magics that stay. <laughs> he laughed, looking at me and my companions. No, kind sir, companions they be. Feathers, Simon, and Tuck make three. I answered without thinking. Surprised, I was speaking in rhyme. <laughs> oh, there she fair. <laughs> what a leap she can do. That there cat that jumps over the moon. <laughs> He shouted with joy and glee, turning to look at the sky. We huddled together and slowly moved to peek out of the window. And sure enough, there was the full moon in the sky and a lovely orange tiger cat jumping over it. A grandfather's clock on the wall began to chime loudly with a little gray mouse running up and down, dancing in time with its beat. From the ceiling, sparkles began to fall like moon dust, swirling gently as they fell, and flashing fireflies appeared from the leaves of the oak tree, joining in the dance. I felt as if I was a child again, this room is sheer, innocent fantasy and joy. A curly black sheep walked over from nowhere, followed by five large geese with crowns on their heads that waddled by in a row. Oh my, oh my, came a voice from the other room. My, oh my, ta-ta-ta-la. What is going on in here? What is this noise that my ears hear? You were all tucked so warm in your beds. Back to dreamland, my sweet sleepy heads. We turned to see a short round woman, purple-gray curls peeking from under a colorful felt hat, holding a large cobweb broom in her pudgy hands. She rushed into the room and began to sweep the dust from the shelves and toys and floor. She paid no attention to us, very intent on her chore. She hummed an odd tune as she worked. Simon! Feathers! Duck! She called sternly. To bed with thee! No more play, or there will be ye piper to pay. Simon, Feathers, and Tuck looked to me for assistance, totally confused. Madam, I began, but she continued her sweeping, seeming to not hear me. Madam, I tried again, and still no response. I looked to the man in the moon, and he giggled heartily. <laughs> Mrs. Plum, this will she run. Ne'er a child trick she, twas never done. He laughed, enjoying the confusion. Madam, I said with more urgency, and tried to touch her shoulder, 
but my hand passed right through her. Yet this seemed to break her spell. She stopped dead still, spun around quickly to look intently into my eyes, which I must say gave me a fright. She continued her firm stare, casting a slow, intense inspection over me. From where did ye enter? To my nursery. We babes need their sleep. Move quietly. Ta-ta, ta-ta, ta-la. She spoke strongly, taking my arm with an odd strength and easily escorting me towards the door. Ta-ta, ta-ta, ta-la. To bed, you three, or all hell shall break free. She called back to my friends harshly, who looked very scared. We seemed to have stepped into some kind of enchantment. It started so wonderfully. She gave them another stern stare, which turned her pale blue eyes to black. Her grip was starting to hurt this ghost of amazing power. Madam, I started again, trying to pull away from her and get her to stop as she continued to drag me forward. With one big shake, I finally freed myself and ran back to my trio. I heard a familiar sound from afar. Bells? <gasps> Poppet bells? I, we, seem to need assistance. Perhaps they can help? Nanny Nan! Nanny Nan! I heard a child's voice call. This stopped her return approach towards us. Gripping her broom, she turned and waddled towards one of the children's bed. And there upon it sat an old man, hunched and gray. Nanny Nan! The child's voice came again, yet from the old gentleman's mouth. She quickly got to his side and settled him down as if for bed fussing with his pillow, fussing with his blanket. Yet the old man did not look to her. He looked to us with an uncomfortable, snide grin upon his thin lips. She kissed his forehead and returned back to her sweeping. Sleep, my little poppet, sleep ye well. Dream the dreams of jingle bells. As she sang to him, the acorn bells tinkled in response. More moon dust fell like snow. Came the call again. This call from the bed on the other side of the room. The old man lay still within the first bed, blanket up to his nose, dark eyes watching us with piercing focus, and he giggled. We moved closer together for comfort and looked to see the same old man sitting upright upon the second bed. What is this haunting? I whispered. 
My companions huddled even closer, each shaking, Simon, knees knocking loudly. The second old man called again. Mrs. Plum rushed to his side, again, fussing and fluffing and tucking him into his bed. This man, too, did not look to her, but to us, daring us to do something to stop this madness. I remembered what the manor gate had shared. One, young and foolish, who has never grown up, lost and ignored, may be found within the nursery. Could this be the spirit spoken about? The warning seemed appropriate. Mrs. Plum, I spoke, can you not see? These children are not what you think they be. The room itself began to fade, not as gentle and magical as it first appeared to us. Colors dulling, falling away, revealing reality as it truly be. I think we need to leave, my dears, I whispered. The magic of this nursery now does fade. Right before our eyes, my dear, their story ever plays. I whispered this to my companions. This a residual haunting. I recall from my ghost hunting days, one to be lived again and again until the something is resolved and releases all involved. The old man who pretends to be a child, actually two children, seems the problem. I felt sad for Mrs. Plum. She continues to do her duty to those she cares and cared for. I look to each of his apparitions. Is he the one who had invited the vampire into the manor? Mrs. Plum rushed from one man to another, trying to settle down their fussing. The man in the moon, still there at the window, still watched, but his jolly grin had subsided. I saw pity on his face. He knows the truth, I thought. A large red candle on the table burst into life. I heard the faint tinkle of bells now here in this room. I wanted to call out, Poppets, are you here? But thought better of that. I looked into the shadows of the room, looking and hoping to see them. The door called me strongly. We must go. Slowly. Do not be noticed. We started to inch our way past the beds, past the toys, over to the table. Mrs. Plum still fussed with the man-childs while frantically sweeping the moon dust, her movements exhausting to witness. As we slinked behind one tall chair to the next, I could see one blue book in the light of the candle. 
there was an odd glow from within its pages. I was stunned to see. I knew that book. Picture book of Mother Goose was written in dark red letters on the cover with a picture of a shepherdess and the Pied Piper. One of my favorite books of my mother's, one from her childhood of the thirties. Can this be another of my mother's treasures here within the manor? Movement caught my eye from the chair across the table. A little thin hand of branch creeped out like a skeleton hand from a grave, and it waved at us. Tuck-mouthed poppets. We looked to see Mrs. Plum and the man-childs. They all watched us intently, and there, on the headboard of each bed, behind the man-childs, perched a poppet. They pressed a finger to their mouths for us to remain silent. We watched with amazement as these two poppets began to change and take on the features of the two man-childs. Poppet magic has begun. Tickle, tackle, stick and stone. stone. They both shouted and in a flash were sitting on the two man-child's heads. The man-child screamed, trying to hit them off, but they held tight. Tick jumped up from the chair, and two more papas appeared from nowhere. Tick opened the book and started to chant. All the puppets joined in as did Tuck. Louder and louder they chanted, words I did not know, puppet words. Then the two puppets on the man-child's heads popped. With this movement, the two man-childs combined together into one. Then they lifted the man-child with no effort and threw him into a flurry of moon dust. Mrs. Plum raised her broom in defense, but she didn't know what to swat. Tick stood up upon the table and opened the book, which pages flip madly like lightning, searching, then finding the right nursery rhyme to contain this man-child. The moon dust wrapped around the man-child in ribbons three times three, then pulled him to the book and down, down into the page. We all gasped as the man-child faded into the nursery rhyme book. Tick closed the book with a snap. Mrs. Plum gave a weak scream and collapsed upon the floor, dropping her broom with a clatter. Immediately, fantasy and gentle magics return to the room. Jolly good, jolly good, jolly, jolly, jolly good. The man in the moon cheered with glee. All the puppets joined Tick on the table, including Tuck. Six puppets danced in a victory dance around the candle, which danced too. 
I collapsed into a chair. Then remembered Mrs. Plum. I rushed to her side, but she was gone. The puppets all sat on the table in a circle around the book. Which rhyme has the man-child been confined to? I asked Tick as the puppets held hands and whispered a few more magic words. We do not know. The book only knows these things. I noticed the rhyming had ceased. Do you think he was the one who invited the vampire within the manor? The puppets looked from one to the other. No, Mary Mistress. They all agreed. Our task has just begun. Tuck shared. They all looked to the book, seemingly to consider a big decision. I waited for them to speak and looked to see Simon happily playing with a jumping frog toy. I found feathers within the oak tree. She seemed to be speaking with it. We each have our magic skill. Tick began. He pointed to the two puppets who had confined the man-childs. Stick and Zick have banishing magic. Thank you so much, Zick and Stick, I offered with a grateful smile. Many puppets now roam the halls and rooms on our quest. You will hear them when they are near. Tick continued. Yes, the sound of their little bells is very comforting, as I had just experienced firsthand. The something or someone has hidden well. We will not stop until our task is complete. I was very glad to hear that. I expected them to leave, yet they remained in their circle, gazing at the book. The book has offered us an invitation, Tick said with amazement. Within its pages, we have been welcomed. For nursery rhymes are full of magics. We have accepted the quest, he said quietly, looking to each puppet for agreement. Six we be, yet sad are we to leave the manor, but just for a time. Tick. Stick, zick, flick, wick, and tuck. I didn't quite understand what he was saying. I looked to the faces the puppets, coming to tuck last, and then I saw it across his face. He was going too. Oh my gosh, my arm felt so empty already without him. Tuck ran to me, holding tightly to my arm one last time. He wiped his tears on my sleeve 
and looked up to me as more tears flowed freely down his now rosy cheeks. Tuck will always be your poppet. Forever we be, Tuck offered to console me. Merry mistress, please open the book for us. Farewell for now, Tick said. So fast, my emotions were spinning within me. I gave Tuck a hug, so wanting to hold him back, to beg him to stay. But I knew this was right. This was true. I want to go too. I found myself blurting out. Where did that come from? But I did. I wanted to journey through the book, my favorite book. I picked it up and looked through the pages for what would prove this was really my book. And there it was, on the page of the Muffet Man who lived on Drury Lano, the street my childhood home was on, our crooked street of Drury Lane. On this page rested my mother's obituary, where I had placed it so very long ago. This is my book. This is my book. I do want to come too, I stated with resolve. Feathers and Simon stopped what they were doing and came over to the table. This is the manor, a place of magics. There must be a way. But as I looked to Feathers and Simon and felt the comfort of the manor itself, I didn't want to leave them too, or the manor. I want to do both, I said with conviction. I have seen so much amazement and magic here. Why not? Talk jumped with joy upon my yes, arm. Yes, 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 Mary Mistress is coming too. I looked to the puppets. Have you not magics? You must know a way. And then I knew the answer whispered by the knowing. Zick, Stick, you were both able to put the man-child back together as one. Could you not do that in reverse? Yes, yes, please make me too. It sounded so simple. It felt so perfect. Stick and Zick looked to each other. I could see them thinking, figuring it out. They looked to Tick for his agreement. Tick nodded. Tuck cheered again. This we can do for you, dear Mary Mistress. We welcome you to the quest. Please open the book. Within it we must look, Tick said with authority. And I did. And the page was the rhyme of the Muffin Man on Drury Lano. Tuck and I joined the circle, and the poppets began to hum. I joined in the traveling spell. 
for that is what it be. With a burst of wind and a flurry of moon dust, the candle went out, and we disappeared into the pages in the blink of an eye. The book closed with a snap, yet I remained here at the table. All puppets were gone. I could still feel Tuck upon my arm, and touching the spot, I could see them and me within the book. Feathers, Simon, I called to my friends. It has worked. I, I can see them, not through my eyes. It's more like watching a movie. Oh, this is so exciting and amazing. I felt so much glee and happiness. A wave of giggles and laughs burst from my lips. <laughs> Two places at once. One could only imagine this happening. I spoke with deep gratitude and humble appreciation. I had opened the book and got my wish. Oh, Talk, I began with regret. Oh, I did not have the chance to answer your riddle rhyme. I was going to say a highland cow, my most favorite cow. Yet, I did get a wish. The runes whispered from the knowing. W, the rune wunio, the rune of joy. An extra spark to seal the magic. I, the rune Isa, the rune of withdrawal, take the time to do what you truly want. And the rune, so willow, S, the rune of the sun, bright, clear vision. And H, Hagalas. The rune of transformation. Something new and exciting is afoot, even though it can be disruptive. Blessings and hugs and merry yule and magical dreams and wishes, dear listener. <laughs>